This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by stand-up comedian Greg Proops. Greg is one of the smartest baseball fans I have ever met. He had so much to teach us about the game that we had to break this episode up into two parts. In part one, Greg talks about Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world, the Giants' recent World Series success, the lack of animated managers inside the dugout these days, and much, much more. Subscribe to the Clubhouse podcast for free in iTunes and be on the lookout for part two coming soon. This episode was recorded at the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. You know it. Our guest today is a brilliant comic, and I use the word brilliant literally here. You know him from Whose Line Is Anyway, a laundry list of TV appearances, his amazing podcast, The Smartest Man in the World. He has some fake broadcasting experience, as he called the pod races in uh, Star Wars Episode One. He's written a book called The Smartest Book in the World. But as always, on this show, his only credit that matters is that he is a fan of the San Francisco Giants. Joining us in the clubhouse today, Greg Proof! Hey. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How you doing? Hi, Mr. Jane. Hi, Mr. Rapp. Hello. I'm real swell. How are you, man? Oh, yeah. Doing just fine. Excited to talk a little baseball. Right on. Did you grow up in the Bay Area? I did. I'm from San Carlos, California, the whitest place on earth, home of the Plain Yogurt Festival. Where One Direction is found in the funk section. And uh, <laughs> the plain yogurt festival. Yeah, you heard me. That's, the power- a, that's a real thing? <laughs> no. No. You never know. I'm, I'm yeah, a comedian, I'm very Anthony. gullible. Yeah. Very, very yeah. gullible. Uh, clearly. Yeah. Um, I'd like to show you another uh, a flat in this building as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Much more comfortable, suitable for your needs. Thank you. I think you need to spread out a little. Yeah, probably true. Uh, yeah, I'm from the Bay Area. So I'm from the peninsula. And, uh, and the Bay Area is broken up into two baseball teams, as you know. Uh, on, the, on the west side is where San Francisco is. The peninsula is below San Francisco. And then the North Bay, they call it. That's Marin. That's all giants. And then when you cross the bridge, the Bay Bridge, that's A's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The East Bay, as we call it. Yeah. So Oakland, Berkeley, da-da-da. Yeah. That's, that's their where the A's fans and are. And you grew up going to Candlestick? I did. Uh, I went to Candlestick. Windblown? From- windswept, (laughs) desolate ashtray of a place. I was at the last game there. Uh, My first game was probably 67. It wasn't even enclosed then. They they finally enclosed it. And then, of course, in the early 70s, put in AstroTurf for a terrible five-year period. Why did yes. they do that? Because it was, like, hip to do to have AstroTurf in that. You remember, like, the Bush Stadium, yeah. Three Rivers era? Yeah, sure. Everybody put in turf, which just destroyed baseball for a yes. while. Uh, Kansas City, whatnot. The Giants decided to do it, and they went with the uh, double-knit 
pullover polyester V-necks that had the, the the gathering here. So poor Willie McCovey, who was such a majestic player and so elegant, went from wearing the white uniform with the SF in cursive across it to the orange with giants in, in 70s cursive. Terrible. Uh, you may remember the Houston Astros 70s jerseys that were called the potato chip bag because yes. they were multicolored and had stars <laughs> yes. on them. Yes. And Nolan Ryan was forced to wear those. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that Hall the one Famer. where he got in the fight? With his bloody face, or was that with, was he with the Rangers at that point? He was with the Rangers ah. with the, when he when he beat on um uh, what's his name the third bit Robin Ventura. Yes, yes. Robin Ventura, aside from getting his lunch handed to him by Nolan Ryan, has fourteen Grand Slams, and I I don't even know how many home runs Robin Ventura has career one hundred and fifty two hundred. Well, he has 14 grand slams. I can't think of another player who has that many that has that few of home runs. Right. You're talking ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, well, like Blue Gehrig and Willie McCovey, like what? Gehrig has 20 something. 20, yes. 22, 24, I yeah. think. Uh, no, I think 23 because like, A Rod just broke his record. I think A Rod's got 24 now. That makes, right. that makes me so happy that A Rod broke another record. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Excuse that me. warm, wonderful human being. And then, <laughs> and then uh, McCovey has 18, and I think Gil Hodges, but. Robbie Ventura? Yeah, like that's yeah. a that is delivering with the bases drunk. It really is. So actually that you know, where do you stand on on the uh sabermetric side of baseball where a lot of folks would consider that either luck or he just came up with the bases loaded, you know, so many times that well, he's on a lot of good teams. I mean, it, you have to be on a team that that fills the bases. Sure. Uh I don't know. I I, I think sabermetrics are r- really useful. Uh, but I'm not a big, I don't go with war and whip and all that. I, I'm old you don't fashioned. Like whip? Oh, whip, whip, whip well, is whip. war. War is nonsense. And yes, you heard me. War is nonsense. But whip, I think, I mean, is I, I know what it stat. is and I'll follow it. But uh, for me, <laughs> I, I, I think runs scored. Yes. Uh, batting average is, is not always indicative of everything. What about batting average against for a pitcher? Against uh, different yeah. pitchers? No, no, no. Batting average against, like a pitcher stat is batting average against. Ah, uh, yeah. I like that stat. I do too. For I, do too. No but I think that one's more cl- more clear than, yeah. some of them are like ridiculous. And also when you're adding in park ratios and all that jazz, yep. I think people get a little caught up in the math. Uh, and the truth is, even the biggest bum uh, can deliver when the when the chips are down. And as any World Series or any, any postseason series will prove, it's not always the big studs that carry the team. The, the second baseman who hits 211 d- hits a drag bunner. For God's sakes, we had Barry Zito on our team. <laughs> and he was about as unpopular a player as the Giants ever had. But when we got to the postseason in 2012, um, first of all, he threw an okay game. Then he threw a very good game. Yeah. Then he hit a bunt down the third baseline yeah. and beat it out. Yeah. And he might have been the worst player on the team. And he ended up winning that game. Yeah. And he got, to, because of that, he pitched the first game of the World Series against Detroit. Yeah. And this is the guy who literally pitched himself off the team in 2010. Yes. yes. His last start of the season, he got shellacked in like the second or first inning. And that was that. Bochy just sat him. He pitched batting practice through the whole post. I'm not kidding. He stayed. He showed some, you know, he showed some cojones. <laughs> but he didn't get to play. He just simply didn't play. He suited up you know, like any other fan and uh, watch the game. Do you have any, speaking of, you know, all the ups and downs of pitchers as a Giants fan, what has it been like for you watching what's happened with Tim Lincecum? Well, I mean, first of all, Tim Lincecum never has to buy a beer in San Francisco for the rest of his life. A lot of those guys When we were in the wilderness, uh, the last years of Barry, the transition years into the the new uh, sexier club, and when Bochi first took over, Timmy won two back-to-back sides. Yeah. 
Uh, he's the great. Here's another trivia fact. He's the greatest Filipino American baseball player. Yeah, sure. And no one ever talks about that. If he goes into the hall, he'll be one of the few Asian Americans. Yes. His mother's Filipino. Yes. yes. He just wasn't raised by her, and she wasn't part of his life. Yeah. Whoa! Wow, sorry. It's oh all my good. God. Getting excited. And uh, in any case, uh, those two years were outstanding. And then in 2010, he was Cy Young. You know, I mean, he he shot the lights out in 2010. When I just, I don't know. I he think he seems, had one loss and yeah. like five starts in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he, he, I mean, you know, for, for, I've got a friend of mine, a Giants fan, uh, Barbara, who just is madly in love with him. And so mm. I kind of hear all about Timmy from her. She always texts me about him. And, and to me, and I feel like for, for the the current Giants dynasty that mm. I'm sorry, it still exists until they lose in a, a an even year. So right. they lose Next in an even year, year that's year. when we'll see if their dynasty ends. But yeah. so we are living amongst the the dynasty of the San Francisco Giants. And it seems to me, as much as as you can tell by my regalia, I am a Detroit Tigers oh, fan. Yes. And so you just took my heart and and cut it into a million pieces in 2012. It was a very sad, sad year for me. But I cannot tell you how much I love so many of your players. It annoys me how much I love so many of your players. Right, we're a lovable Posey, team. Kane, yeah, how do you hate Buster Posey? Oh, no, Buster Posey is. I don't it's, understand why. I mean, aside from you got the Posey rule that people talk about all the time. Like that seems to be the thing that people like refer to him mm-hmm. as the most, as opposed to this dude's going to be a future first ballot Hall of Famer without a shadow of a doubt. He well, is, knock on the wood because anything yeah, can happen. Say, right. Yeah, but I'll tell you. Yeah, feet. okay, that's that's fine. But even what he's done so far, three rings, MVP. Three rings, MVP, and a rookie, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, that is, and from and, the catching position. how many no-hitters? Four? Yeah. No, oh, I think no, he's three, large. three or four, yeah. Three. I mean, it's, it's I think three because. And a perfect game. Kane, oh. two, Lincecum. And and yeah, uh, Lincecum's and this, the guy this last year, the the rookie. Actually, Lincecum doesn't. Uh, Posey doesn't always catch Lincecum. Yeah, he may not. Have I'm pretty Sanchez sure. Or yeah, I'm pretty sure ones. he's only got three because I think four is the record. And for some reason, Lincecum and him don't didn't okay. ever play together for that much. But there, who's really the young strange. guy who just hit, did it this year? There, there's the young giant, uh, uh, Heston. Chris, yeah, Heston. Yeah. Chris Heston. Yeah. Well, yeah. And no, we have a lovable team. That's the thing. Like, uh, you look at other teams, and we, we did at one point have A.J. Prasinski, who might have been <laughs> the most reviled. If not the player no, in the bigs, certainly on the, in Giants history, there's maybe two or three players that every single Giants fan wanted to kill. And he was one of them. AJ is the uh, to use WWF wrestling parlance. <laughs> he is the greatest heel in the in the right. history of, of MLB. It's it's kind of one of those things. That if he's on your team, for the most part, like mm. for the for the White Sox and whatnot, you love him. But all the other twenty nine teams he got hate his him. ring with you guys. Yeah, well, not with us. With with well, the White, with White Sox. Sox. Yeah, with the White Sox. Uh, but it's it's. I mean that that Angel series with, with the with the quote unquote dropped third strike uh-huh. that he you know took first base on once yeah. again the other twenty nine teams hate you for that but if you're a White Sox fan yep. good it for you genius. AJ yeah do what you got to do and then uh, the, the what was sweet sweet revenge was he was catching because he had, yeah. was the backup catcher in twenty twelve and he yeah. was catching when we beat them which was really nice the problem with AJ is uh, not only did everyone hate him and supposedly he need the trainer and the nuts when he was on the Giants uh-huh. which is a legendary just, just for, oh you didn't hear about this oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got in a fracas in the clubhouse, and he just boom. And of course, he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then when I see him announce on TV, he's not that bad. No, really? like I hate John Crook. Like I can't. John Crook has nothing to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Harold Reynolds is Harold Reynolds. Yeah, you, know? you gotta love HR. He's kind of like HR. being with your your cousin who thinks he knows a lot or whatever. <laughs> But, but AJ Brzezinski, I thought, oh my God, the problem is you have a little bit of insight. You're yes. not a terrible announcer. That's yeah. the thing. AJ is actually an incredibly smart yeah. baseball player. Yeah. He's just kind of an ass. Oh, he's a knob. Yeah. He's a huge knob. And uh, so to have Buster, on the other hand. Exactly. Yes. And he's a just one of the sweetest. The yes. Like yes. we had a team that had, 
you know, not a lot of people like Barry. I was a fan, but I understand why everyone hated him because he was arrogant and mean to the press and players, da, da, da. And uh, to, to, to change the, the temper of the team to become this kind of, you know, snuggly, bugly, <laughs> you know, who, who hates Joe Panic? You know I what know, I mean? Sure. Who, 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 hates hates, who hates Hunter Pence? Oh, Hunter Pence. can't hate him. Did You're you see like, his wedding, not the, yeah, the thing, the little proposal Disney he did at yeah, Disney World so where he cute. had the fireworks and whatnot, yeah. and it went on for like 10 minutes because you could tell he was so nervous, and it's just yeah. adorable. He's a big gamer, so you'd like yeah, him, yeah. Anthony's a no, huge I know, gamer. I know. And he also, the funny thing, there's so many funny things to me about Hunter Pence, but um, there's like, every once in a while, they'll just cut to him, different broadcasters will just cut to him standing because he never stands <laughs> no. he's always moving yeah, yeah. he yeah. never stops moving uh -uh. it's oh no of, he it looks he looks and then he's my adhd kind of spirit the crazy eyes all the eyes the hair just everything about him but is no i mean ridiculous. i've always thought pulls his pants up to yeah. his knees mm -hmm. there's no other major leaguer that even does this well, and, like and, you're making the strike sound crazy by doing that and ultimately <laughs> bruce bochi it's it's bochi is yeah. how it's it's the that, guy, that, I just love the listening to him talk. Tones. I just love yes, listening. the mellifluous tones of Bruce, Bruce Bochy. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you want to run 100 Pence out there, give him a chance, get a couple base hits, and maybe he'll make a kale shake after the game. And everybody <laughs> a lot of nutrients. So I think it really lifted our spirits after we lost to the Braves. And, uh, you know, uh, we don't have Panda anymore over there. But uh, uh -huh. we're going to look down at third base, and you see a bucket of fried chicken that Panda left a couple seasons ago. And, uh, you know, it just gives all the guys kind of a, a reason to get out there and try. You want, you know, you want to run them out there, give them a chance to see what they can do. I love Bochi. <laughs> I have a new album, and I have one whole track that's just me doing Bochi. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Every Giants fan I know has fans. a Bochi. Every has a Bochi impression. The biggest head of any manager. Yeah. And he's quite tall. He's large. Yeah. No, it's, 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 Catch I just, well, you brought him up. So, so. The big man, the big boy, Mr. Panda, who they would have built a statue for him out front, you know, had he oh. just, I mean, what happened? I'm not certain. And I don't know why he got all huffy when he left and yeah. said he was never appreciated. It was like, first of all, in 2000, going back to 2010 again, he played himself off the team. He was not on the field when we won the World Series in 2010. And he'd been the starting third baseman for two years. Uh, we had um, Uribe at third at that point and Renteria at short. Speaking of... <laughs> The 90s. Edgar Renteria. Edgar Renteria hit a home <laughs> wow, run for yeah. us in the 2010 World Series. Panda Bear against Philly fell down at third and couldn't pick a ball up. And that was that. Bochy sat him. He actually started Fontenot one day, which was shocking. We, he was a former Cub. Well, there's yep. a lot of Cub Giants. So stuff. many. Terrio, so very many. Terrio Fontenot. I loved Angel Terrio. Pagan. I liked Angel Pagan, too. Yeah. I think Angel's done now. I don't know if they released him. I know they released Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Linscombe is released. Yeah, yeah Timmy's he gone. He's uh, but now. Do you think he'll pick up anywhere? One hundred percent. Yes. Does he go to the Mariners or? You I know, think. What, I, what happens? I mean, by the time you listen to this, we will probably have an answer to this question. Yeah. But I think that there is no chance that someone didn't take a flyer on him. It's just right. It's, yeah, because honestly, what if he's good again? Or you put him in the bullpen. He can do an inning or two. I mean, you never know. It's it's he's too good and he's there's too much upside there. So young. So he's incredibly crazy. young. Thirty maybe. 31? Yeah. So he won all those MVPs when he was or size. He was a child. Kid. Yeah. No, he will. It's a guarantee. Like I said, by the time this comes oh. out, he will have a team. His I second greatest moment outside of the two sides in the World Series was the pitching in relief. Yep, exactly. In, in 2012. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, that. in 2013. Because he just let loose again on the yep. ball. All of a sudden, yep. he looked like old-fashioned team. They floated the idea of him being in the bullpen in 2013, and I desperately wanted the Tigers yeah. to pick him up because, obviously, our bullpen has been hot garbage for, right. for so long now that I would not mind uh, having Linscombe in a uh, Tigres uh, uniform. So you can Also, you can pitch him in middle relief. No one's yep. ever thought of making 
making him a stopper, which is weird to me because you think if he's going to put any velocity on it, which he's lost uh, yeah. the, some of the pop. Uh, but when he did pitch relief in 2012, he, he blew the ball away. I mean, he he seemed loose. I don't know. In 2014, he was not a factor at all. No. He I, just set us out on the bench and we loved him. But yeah, it's 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 there's tough. a guy who's pitched two no hitters in the last two years and, and got cut. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, no, he has the ability out of nowhere to throw well, a no amazing, You know, it's amazing. I mean, what is it? I think Homer Bailey also. Like, Homer Bailey yeah. had two uh, right. no-hitters in a couple of years. But then he got hurt. He got yeah, hurt, he but got he got also, hurt. some of these guys, though, it's really kind of... Oh, Henderson Alvarez. Henderson yeah. Alvarez throws a no-hitter uh, game 162 against the Tigers in 2013. Yeah. He just got cut. Where it's yeah. just like, you know, on any given day, it just seems like... Anyone can it's do a brutal, it. It's a brutal, brutal game. But we need to go. We've we've jumped way too far in the yeah, future. Have. Let's not. We need to start at the beginning. Okay. We need to start when you were a young Greg Proops. Yes. You're you're still a young man, and and Thank the Giants you. have always been in San Francisco when you've been around. Yes. Uh, and so, when you were a kid, did you have any connection at all to the New York Giants at all? Did, were you interested in learning about the New York Giants, or were they always? San Francisco. My father was from Brooklyn and uh, he started taking me to the ball games, like I say, in the late sixties. And uh, I think part of the reason was his, his dad never took him to the ball game. His dad had no interest. Right. And I think he thought, well, I have a kid. I'm going to take him. Right. I, I like baseball. And he wasn't a Brooklyn fan, which is what I couldn't get over. Like he wasn't a Dodger fan. Did he tell you why? No, he never explained it to me. He just went on. No, I never liked him. I didn't care. And I think it was because he, he didn't really go. I think he maybe went to two or three games as a kid when he lived in New York. And I didn't go to Abbott's. He might have gone to the pole grounds or something. But like his old man just didn't, my grandfather didn't care at all. Uh, and we lived in San Francisco when Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Juan Marichal, Jim Ray Hart, and Gaylord Perry were on the team. Yeah, so they're yeah. all these <laughs> Hall of Famers. Yeah. And uh, so it was a pretty sexy team. And uh, so we started going. And then he, he was a restaurant manager. For a while, and uh, one of the guys at the restaurant, the cook or somebody, had a connection to tickets. And mind you, tickets in those days were, I'm talking about $8, (laughs) to sit in a box seat. This is the 60s. And um, uh, so we went to hundreds and hundreds of games together uh, when I was little. And whatever his faults were, and his faults were legion, um, (laughs) to to lay aside my psychological deal with my dad, uh, the one thing he did do was take me to a million ball games. And until he died... Uh, it was the one topic we could always talk about on the phone where we didn't argue or get into any nonsense. If I call him, he'd go, did you see those giants? And I'd be like, yeah. And he called them the gents all the time, which the is gents. very New York. Yeah. <laughs> very New York. They're always the gents in New York, right? Yeah. And uh, my connection was, I remember the first old-timers game I went to, Willie Mays, of course, was a current player. They brought out Dusty Rhodes. Who'd had the American dream? Yeah, he had two pinch hit uh, homers, remember, in yeah. the 54 World Series. Yeah. Uh, and was famous for that. But they brought out Dusty Rhodes because he was an all time giant. And uh, uh, so I, I, you know, I'd ask my dad, who this guy, who's this guy, and like that. And my favorite Dusty Rhodes story was what is it? They put him in the outfield because he, but he couldn't really field at all. And he got hit in the head with a ball. Yeah. And yeah. he came in and he went, I'm going to get killed. Please take me out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he hit. Two, was it two? I want to say two pinch hit home runs in the 54 World Series. One in like the 10th and real short ones, you know, like short porch. Yeah. Short porch right, short porch They count, they count, they count. Oh, (laughs) yeah, they do. The the shot hit around the world by Bobby Thompson Mm -hmm. uh, is a 245-foot line drive. And it's also... It just goes... Like that, and it it's not. That's why the call's yeah. so fast. Yeah. And He's I'm, almost at second by the time the But ball. I'll say this, and I'm sorry, Giants fans, but I, I'm sure you're no. aware of how 
they cheated and that that they shot her around the that world. I can still shot, contest. I read the that, book. No, it, I read the book. I've talked to Ralph Branca personally. And, and what did Branca say? And Branca said he knew about it the year after. He basically uh-huh. said everybody knew. He's all the ball players were right. telling him. He's like, oh no, it was an open secret, and he kept his mouth shut until basically the early two thousands. Until someone did a you right. Know, they wrote the what was it, the Gathering Green or whatever yeah. it's called. And and then he finally said, look, Sal Ivar's moving around on the bench out there, and Herman Frank's out in the club, yeah, in the but, scoreboard. But here's basically what he said, which I, this is why I fell in love with Ralph Branca. Yeah. He said, even if he knew a pitch was coming, I should have gotten to buy him. Like it doesn't matter. It, it's, he doesn't blame. He doesn't blame. You know, he's like him and Bobby remained friends for years. Yeah, they always were. Um, they would go on. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was Carson, maybe, and they would sing. They did a duet together. Yeah. It's, I mean, gorgeous, beautiful. So it's kind of one of those. Brank is a beautiful human being. Branca yeah. is is uh, there's there's a great documentary called uh, Branca's Pitch. Uh, which uh, everyone should seek out. It's really, really great. They've got a lot of great interviews with with him, basically about the shot heard around the world, and and it is kind of cool to see how at peace he is. Because if it wasn't me, I'm sorry for the rest of my so life. Mad. No, he actually embraced it, and then started to I think came to the realization that one that Bobby wasn't a bad guy. There it is, and two that it made him famous too. Yep, that they became. Branca and Thompson, yep. instead yeah. of just Bobby Thompson, it was always the two of them. It really was. And they never, and then they toured together in the 70s yeah. and 80s and they became, yeah. became mates and all that. And like, and so I think honestly, it's it's one of those things. And look, it's baseball. I'm also, sorry. dude, if I tell you it's a fastball, you think you can hit a home run? You Thank know what you. I mean? I That's mean, exactly what he said. I mean, it's, like, even if you know even it's if coming. You know, if I say it's a curveball down and away, yeah. are you going to tag it? <laughs> you still have to tag it. I mean, they were, they were well, from the, the, well, the thing is, <laughs> no, I was going to say, go ahead. What were you going to say? Um, you know, the famous second baseman from the New York Mets who hit a curveball down and away and hit it out straight away to the right in the, against the Cubs. Mr. Murphy? Year, yeah. Mr. Daniel Murphy. <laughs> you thought he know? You think he knew it was coming? No. But Jake Arrieta went on record saying, I threw a good pitch. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's, and that's the beauty guys, of it. Sometimes right. it's happened. And here's the thing. Like, so the rumors were, that not the rumors, the, the, the facts were that they had been stealing signs yeah. for the last month of the season. So, I mean, that's kind of how they kind of picked up all that steam there. But so you think about that. All right, they're stealing signs. Well, why weren't they all hitting home runs every time they well, came up exactly. to So and it's kind of like you still have to hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, you did. And, and so... And the you bottom line is the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, right, the Giants win the pennant is is Forever. a part of my childhood, yeah. a part of every baseball fan's childhood. So even if it did, and cheating, we did an entire episode yeah, on cheating. cheating in baseball. Everybody cheated, always. Everyone yeah. still cheats. Everyone it's, still that's cheats. baseball. That's what you do. Yeah, you're looking for a little edge. I mean, the, the uh, Monty, my favorite story in that whole book was uh, Jerosha tells them, they get the idea, I forget, it's one of the reserves has a it's brilliant telescope, right? Like this fabulous telescope and they get the idea and he thinks, well, I'll put Frank's out in the scoreboard. Right. And he can look in. And so they have a meeting and DeRocher gets all the giants out and he goes, okay, this is the story. We're going to put Ivar's and you know, he's, he's going to stand when it's a curve and he's going to, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And Mona Irvin who led the league in RBIs that year and <laughs> with 120 or something goes, skip, I don't want the signs. And DeRocher, to not use profanity, goes, what the hell? Like, just went <laughs> off on him. And that's in the book that DeRocher completely berated the best player on the team because yeah. Mays wasn't the best player. He was a rookie, right? Yeah. Uh, he went off on Irvin and just like, you're joking. And Irvin went, it doesn't help me. Yes. 
If I know, first of all, what if they say it's a curve and then they don't throw a curve? That's a dangerous situation Mm -hmm. because you might get crunched with it. And two, he was just like, so he ended up not stealing them. And I think he hit 315 with 121 (laughs) RBI. Well, that's the biggest thing, you know, when it comes to baseball, and we all know this, you know, baseball more than any other sport is the most mental inside your own mm-hmm. head game and so it is so much a, a game of repetition and a game of just habit where yeah I, this is the way i've always done it now if you right. just all put in all of a sudden put a kink in that plan it's just going to go out the window speaking of the tigers kenny rogers <laughs> if you want to talk about cheating yeah and on tv you could see it it was a glob <laughs> yeah i was at that game glob yeah i was at that game. oh uh, we were watching it on tv man and just what, crying what was the outcome of that again it's the only game that we won in the world series yeah, it, was. it was fantastic i was happy. nothing happened there was no. No, was no I mean it was. There, I mean there was a discussion about it, but we still won the game. We we lost the, the series. The umpire went out and made yeah. him stop doing. Yeah, it. he stopped doing it, but he didn't get you know no right. no ramifications <laughs> for it. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website clubhousepodcast.com for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with stand-up comedian Jimmy Pardo, making his second appearance on the show as he shares with us his thoughts on managers Ozzie Guillen and Robin Ventura. I'm very outspoken, probably uneducated. <laughs> what? No, about, about Ozzie Guillen managing in 2005. And I just use him as an example, which is the first time I defended the guy, which I can't believe it. <laughs> because I, I stand by that team was so good, you could have managed in 2005. So to me, the manager does nothing, yet does everything. Yeah. I give Ozzy no credit for winning, but I blame Robin Ventura for that team being horrible. Yes. So, so I literally have no ground to stand on. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. And now back to our conversation with Greg Proops. Yeah, he stopped doing it, but he didn't get, you know, no, right. no ramifications for it. I interviewed Clyde Wright years ago, and Clyde Wright was, um, uh, his son was Jared Wright, who pitched yep. for the Angels. Yep. And Clyde was in the 70 All-Star game, and he's the one who threw the pitch. Uh, uh, to Jim Hickman, and Jim Hickman hit a single, and a Rose came around third and clocked Fossey, right? Mm-hmm. That famous play where Rose yeah. stomps on Fossey and uh, football blocks him, right? And yeah. kind of shortened his career a little bit. And uh, everybody's like, why are you playing so rough? It's a it's an exhibition game. And Rose was like, I play this way every day, right? <laughs> so I asked Clyde, right, two things. I said, um, uh, he was a good old boy, right? Like Clyde Ross from South Carolina, you know? And I, and I go, uh, where was the pitch to Hickman? And he goes, Right down the because <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, when you watch the video because it's a famous piece of video because mostly because of Rose barreling yeah, around sure. third. Yeah, it's a clean single pass second like that. Just yeah. you know, nothing special. And Wright showed me because we brought out all this gear: uh, 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 thumbtacks, uh, pantar, ky, uh, <laughs> memory board, and he showed me every conceivable way to doctor the ball. So I said to him, "You doctored," and he went my entire career every game and i said so what what was the you know the the theory and he goes look henry aaron was gonna get you (laughs) right he goes orlando spade is going to hit you 
He goes, but the seven, eight, nine batters had no business, right? <laughs> so it's all for no them. No <laughs> business hitting me, right? I want the last part of the lineup to hit 115, right? Nice. But like uh, the three, four, five hitters are, there's a reason they're all stars. Yeah. And, and then of course, when he played in the late 60s, early 70s, we're talking about Rose and uh, Reggie Jackson and, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, the lineups were pretty. Ins- I mean, if you look at the late 60s, early 70s, that might be the most fearsome I mean, Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente are still playing. Willie Mays is on the out. Mantle's done, but there's all the young superstars. Like, And then there's Dick Allen, and then there's, you know, uh, uh, the entire Reds lineup. Yes. Oh, <laughs> God. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, the Kangaroo Senior out there. The I mean, Yankees. you had, yeah. But, was... but even the Tigers still had Willie Horton and Bill Freon and uh, 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 Norm Cash was oh, still Norm playing. Norm Cash was phenomenal. Was Killebrew? Uh, yeah, Killebrew yeah. hit 49 home runs in 71. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, he was playing. And Frank Howard was still yeah. playing. Uh, yeah, I've been reading the, the Roger Angel book, yeah. the baseball collection. It's like that era. And, you know, such a great era. Killebrew has what, 530? I don't know what he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and a zillion walks. His yeah. on base percentage is fantastic. And I don't even know if he's a 250 hitter, maybe 250, 255. Yeah. Yeah. Like his batting average is low, but his value. <laughs> well, there's a sabermetrics. There, well, his RBIs, well, his home runs, and his uh, his on base percentage are off the chain, right? Yeah. He won the MVP. Yeah. And he played first and third passably. <laughs> you know, he made it into the DH era, but that wasn't really for Also, much smaller than I remembered. And that was a friend of mine named Charles Azella, who was a comic. And he's a, tw- a twins, or as they call them, the Twinkies. The Twinkies. He's a Twinkie the Twinkies. fan. Yeah. And uh, so we were twins doing... fans refer to themselves as the Twinkies. Twinkies. Yeah, Twinkies. Isn't that funny? Uh. Uh, <laughs> we got yeah. the Oreos. We got the Twinkies. There's a lot yeah. of uh, yeah. uh, snack foods. Giants fans do not call themselves Giantsies or anything. No. <laughs> we got the Gigantes. We're already from San Francisco, so we're already, you know, we're already fruit buckets in everyone's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and he, uh, he, we were doing our all-time teams, and he said that he got to see. Uh, he went to some old timers' day before Brew died, and P- Kirby was there. Oh, Kirby. And he goes, now, man, Harmon Kelleher is like 5'9". Five, five, really? Eight. Yeah. Because, you know, the Major League logo yeah. is Killebrew, right? Yeah. That logo of the batter swung out, a right-handed batter just yeah. swung out. Because when Killebrew swung, it was a full level across the chest smack, you know? And the uh, the legs way spread, right? Like, he stepped into it. and uh, But I always thought, when I watched him on TV when I was little, and, you know, the baseball cards... I thought he was six foot three. Yeah, know? no, I, up until this moment, I thought guy. he was six foot three. No, I don't, we can look him up, but I'm going to tell you that I don't think he's six feet tall. In my brain, like right, he was he's, this, he's yes, got huge, this he's like Casey Bunyan, at the right? bat type giant player. The, the bat looks all small. Absolutely. And, you know, like, <laughs> wow, that re- I swear that That's really awesome. fundamentally changes my view of, of Killebrew. That's very strange. He was not huge. and He's he a couple a, inches taller than me. That makes me feel so good. Kind of an underrated, I mean, like now you, uh, is there a use for him? Would he be like, a, I don't know, who would you call him? Jim Tomey's gone, but and, and kind of a Jim Tomey kind of player. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of home runs, a lot of RBIs, a lot of walks. Not much on the average, and isn't going to do a lot for you in a lot of and other no ways. speed. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, there's there <laughs> these days. There's a around. lot of right. He trundles. They're really starting to to uh, undervalue, or at least not really care about you know. Uh, guys who don't get on base a lot and and hit a lot of home runs. Basically, yeah. it's it's. People are wanting three, four, five tool players. I'm really fascinated to see where baseball is going to go over the next 10, 15, 20 years. I love that. Because it's, it's my it's favorite. That's the, why Willie Mays to me is the best. The power yeah, guys are not really, I mean, right. So as we're recording this, just to, to not uh, uh, 
data us too much, but we're in the middle of the uh, the hot stove uh, league right now, and so we're seeing a lot of the power guys, guys like Trumbo, guys, uh, uh, well, the Pirates, who they just uh, 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 release uh, their big uh, uh, Pedro Alvarez, yeah, Pedro Alvarez. Alvarez. You know, a lot of these guys who um, are are big power guys, they're just sitting there with absolutely no offers because right. they can't really offer you anything other than thirty plus bombs, which. I mean, years ago, that's all you needed to do. You were an MVP. You were Juan <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh, Juan gone. Wow. Right? Yeah. It's or, exactly. or Manuel Ramirez when he was at his, his peak. Exactly. Know? And so it's it's really, you know, the game, I think, this this influx of guys like Harper and Trout say, and Machado and, Trout, and, and, and- They can and do it all. All these kids, it's, they it's they're athletes now. <laughs> they're not baseball players. That's it's, the biggest difference between- when, And I love the game when I was little. And the, I love the 70s. That's probably my, my favorite, you know, era, even though I don't think- the numbers are as, you know, gaudy. Uh, the, the players, there were fat players still. There was loads of fat players. <laughs> Cecil Fielder was my hero right. growing I up. I mean, we, we, I can't think of the last great fat player is probably Panda, but he didn't <laughs> Prince, have a great year Prince, last year. Prince, so. Prince is pretty fat. Yeah. And Prince is, Prince oh, is great. CC's debate. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's CC. Fat. So we, we, have, we have some fat guys that some, exist, but, but there were, there were yeah, more no, there were a lot more back then. And well, there were more like short guys and guys that and really only guys. did one thing. No, honestly, though, so all right, I'm a little bit younger than you two yeah. gentlemen. And so growing up for me, I, you know, so I was born in 83. Mm-hmm. And so really my, you know, my peak baseball year 90s. as a kid was the 90s. Yeah. And so what happened, I, I will never forget this. When I was a kid, I would watch old games. I, yeah. I, I've always loved watching old games. I'd find VHS copies or I'd have whatever it is to find old games. And I would always be flabbergasted at how thin everyone looked and how yeah. like just wiry everyone looked. And I was like, how are any of these people hitting home runs? Because in my brain, I you had, wonder. You had guys <laughs> like Sosa McGuire, et cetera, et cetera, you know, who, who were right, just giants. Yeah, who were just cartoon characters yeah. that had massive forearms. And I fundamentally, I was like, oh, see, our generation, we know we're the power guys, you know, those right. old timers, they don't know. Baseball. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older and obviously, you know, reality set in that I was like, oh, yeah, no. That's that's not the way baseball is supposed to be played at all. And so I'm loving the fact that nowadays we have a lot more, you know, I mean, Trout is built, you know, like, oh, you yeah. know, a, a truck. He's 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 thick all around. But like Harper is a throwback, I think. You know, he's got guns on him, but he still isn't, you know, he, he's he's trim. He's fit. He's not, you know. They uh, don't drink sh- like they did. And they don't <laughs> carouse <laughs> like they did. They drink they power smoke, shakes. They, they smoke a lot of pot, I think. Some of I that. think they smoke pot, but they, that's a more benign, like, they, it, in the old days, it was really, let's go out and drink as much beer as we can. Oh, I think it's drinking girls. beers, chasing girls, cocaine, amphetamine, right, all et cetera. The, all the, I, like, I think they really take power shakes now. Yeah. I think they get on the bike after yeah. the game yeah. for an hour. When it's also 365. Nobody did that in the old days, man. The first thing And the, and the organizations like, didn't have trainers and oh, all no, that. Well, no, and it's also, it's off-season workouts. These guys are working out and playing 365 days a year now they're playing winter ball they're going to wherever venezuela dominican yeah. etc and playing in their their winter leagues they're they've yeah i mean these guys are now quote unquote athletes the days of john crux saying lady i'm not an athlete i'm a baseball player right. are long over I yeah mean, that hasn't been the that hasn't been the mode for a long time and not to bring it back to barry bonds but i will for just one second no we need to in the, in the height of his career i remember seeing an interview with him in the off season it was the only time i saw it and i wish it out i had it on video somewhere and they said to him, um, how come you're always so hot in April, right? You know, like he had many Aprils where he hit 15 homers or whatever. And he yeah. went, because I never don't train. I'm always training. Like they go with spring training. He goes, I don't come to spring training to lose weight and get in shape. <laughs> he goes, I've been working out every minute before I got, and even before whatever you want to say, even yeah. in the 90s, that's how he was. Oh, yeah. He, 
And then the thing that he said that really blew my mind, and this is when Bobby was still alive and was on the Giants as a coach. Uh, he goes, um, they, they go, what do you do in the offseason? And he goes, well, uh, I take I take practice. I outfield, you know, and I and I do the batting cage because. But I don't pick up a bat for a couple months. And they go, "What do you mean?" And he says, "I stand at the plate with my glove, and I have my dad throw me pitches for two months, and I go like this. That pitch is there. That pitch is there. That pitch is there. And he caught. He goes, "I catch. I made." Hitting a defensive position. That's cool. So, oh my god! I was like, because Ted Williams would always say, right, the ball inside, the ball inside. Like yeah, he yeah, said yeah. to Tony Gwynn, the key to your game is take away this part of the plate because that's where yes. you're going to get out. Yeah. And so I noticed over the last ten years of his career or more that balls that anyone else hits, power hitters who are teeing off, uh, would hit foul. Yeah, and and guys hit lots of foul balls. He didn't anymore. Yeah, he wouldn't pull foul anymore. He, yeah. he, he I remember a game in uh, early two thousands, late nineties, and Vin was calling it in Dodger, and he goes, "There goes one, and it's foul." Oh no, that's a fair ball, and that's a home run. <laughs> yeah, like it went like this <laughs> around yeah. the pole. Yeah, and like, and I thought yeah. when I heard him say that he for months he didn't swing, he just caught with his glove he well, stood yeah it's, that is this is the, and i've never heard any other ball yeah say that's that. amazing i mean this this always goes back to the the most the most frustrating thing to me about players like barry bonds uh, having juiced is yeah. that he already had such preternatural ability yeah. i mean such unbelievable i hated him before talent. he started doing the steroids because of how much he beat up on just every it just i i was so i what hated him as a pirate. oh god yeah. as a pirate i, I mean, hated him because just, he was so good it's great so home run hitter great yes, base too. great speed decent, 500 decent 500 fielder. yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know about his fielding. no he didn't have a great you know he, he won a lot of gold gloves but mm. I mean, I saw his dad play too. As much as anything else. So that I was going to ask you about that. So his dad, I'm I'm really curious. So you grew up, I mean, in his dad. He was was our star because he was the new Willie Mays, the next Willie Mays. One in about a million series of next Willie Mays. (laughs) But Bobby came as close to anybody. The difference between Bobby and Barry, obviously, is that Barry never struck out and Bobby only struck out. Uh, Bobby either hit a homer, got a single, or struck out. Managed to hit 300 a bunch of times, but would strike out, I think, 187 one year, 187 Ks. And was still an MVP. And that was player. back in the day when guys were striking out like 10 times, 20 oh, yeah. times, 30 times a year. Because 187 now is like, eh, whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, Mike Trout here. is, yeah, yeah I mean, Trout. yeah, Trout's striking out that many times. But uh, Bobby had every tool because he was really fast. And he was, a, in my opinion, a better base runner than Barry. Barry was a superb base runner. But Bobby going from first to third was wild. Love, and also, Bobby was bigger. It's one of my favorite things in the world. He loves first, first to third. third. Anytime we're at a ball game together, and first one to of the, third happens, one of the things, you know, I'm gonna, I, I, don't want, I won't spend this whole time always Please. talking about the Cubs, but, <laughs> but the, Joe, one of the things that has happened this year with Joe Madden was first to third yeah. happened all the time, and it made my heart sing. It's, it's so important. Yes. And uh, Joe Madden, I think, I know. I really, I really wanted the Cubs to go this year, but uh, Joe Madden oh, is that you. kind of man. Oh, he actually was able to uh, get that going with them. Also, they had the right kind of lineup for that. Yeah. Um, if you have that old Baltimore Orioles, what was a what was Earl Weaver's uh, three run home run home runs? Yep, yep. You wait for the three run home run. Right. Terry Crowley comes up and <laughs> yes. hits a homer. That's, like that's any how. Other. That's essentially how Dusty used to manage. Yeah. the Cubs. And that's what Jim right. Leland did. That's what. There's a lot of guys like, that, that sort of yeah get the are the three run home run type of guy. Right. Home run. You know. I'm, I need to get a couple guys on, but I'm never running anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you have to be. I think you have to be like Joe Madden or Bochy. You have to be innovative. You have to be three innings ahead of yeah. the other team. You have well, to really think, be thinking three or four yeah. innings, ahead. even yeah. to the end of the game at the beginning of the game. Yeah. You have to think, I'm not, 
Whitey Herzog said something in his book that I thought was remarkable, and I've watched for it ever since I read the book about 10 years ago, which was you get a guy up in the bullpen, and then you sit him back down, and then you get him back up again and bring him in. They always get shelled. Yeah. And he said, I've never, I just stopped doing it because he was a, a bench jockey. Like Herzog was not a starter. But he watched a bunch of managers he played for, including Chuck Dress and all these guys, do this. And he said, my one rule was if I got a guy up and it didn't warrant bringing him in, that's it. He doesn't play today. Yeah, I agree with that no a thousand one percent. Comes in from the, so watch for that. I do now. I watch to see if other teams will get a guy up and warm him up. And, and then sit him down. Sit him yeah. down. And then and two innings down. later, oh, here he comes again. Yeah. Is he going to be weak? No, I've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of that more recently of guys getting uh they warm up they sit down they warm up they uh -huh. sit down two three times in the middle yes. of the game and it's what are you that's once again baseball is a game of ritual baseball is yeah. a game of once he's warm get him in there otherwise he's now got to sit there for another 15 minutes right. and be inside of his own head have cool down again it's yeah. i think it's poor managing i, I agree i see uh, i see guys make i mean the, the difference now when it's also minute uh like not so much this year because it wasn't a big issue with the KC. KC kind of dominated the Mets, yeah. but the year before when we played KC, it, it was you know neck and neck every inch yeah. of the way, every yeah. game contested, Amazing and it series. really boiled down to a couple of crap decisions here yep. and there. Yeah. And the one that Yost, you know, <laughs> do you send the guy for the last out at the plate on yes. the seventh inning? Yes. I mean, that, yes. But that's you know, I was can screaming argue at my TV. I know, yeah, I know, too. but I was screaming what if at my TV. What you out at the play? It, you, 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 you go down, you'd go down swinging. You, you no. also have to by sending him, you're forcing Crawford to make the cutoff. Yes, throw. Yeah, exactly. You're forcing him to throw a strike. I'm telling you, and, from left field, and yes. that's what speed yes. do. The whole like the gimmick of the Royals yeah. what is running. I fundamentally, I, I honestly thought, I was like, oh man, it's over. Like they, yeah. they, and I, I've. My brain Winning shut run down at the I dish. And not tying move. run at third. You know, it's really kind of it's... annoying to me because then the next year, <laughs> tying run. Well, then yeah, the next year they opened up the series uh, with an inside the park homer. And I was yes. like, how awesome would it have been I if know. they ended the last World Series and started, and started the first World Series? Yeah. No kidding. Because <laughs> it was too wild. I mean, and I don't think it's a mistake on Yost's part, but it's a judgment call. I agree. That, like, no, no, I know. I don't hate on but, Yost for that. But, I'm, but for instance, Yost or the Strauss, third, base, third base? Well, yeah, but that's it's third base coach, but it's also it's it's the it's the attitude of an organization at that point it's what do you do at wow. the, you know, I mean they're the, they're you know the night before they beat us 10 nil <laughs> and I, I always uh, I'm always scared about those things which is why I, uh, on game seven I wasn't worried uh, about game seven like I didn't think oh we're gonna bum. I didn't think we're gonna win like like oh right, we're right, winning right, right, today right. but I also thought if we get three or four runs we do win yeah because I knew that Bochi wasn't going to start Bumgarner because if you start Bumgarner, you have no one to go to. Right. Yes. Sure. So he did the brilliant thing of starting the 150-year-old Hudson, <laughs> who barely staggered through an inning and a third. Then he brought in genius Afel <sighs> for a couple innings, and then that was that. Now I can bring in Bumgarner, and he's fresh as I don't. He, the innings didn't matter with him. He no, was, he was dealing. That, that he was had it not been it was like for, Hershiser in '88 yeah. or. or, or you know, you can think of a, a shilling, you know, like... We, and this is something else we've talked about on the Randy podcast Johnson. before, and I'm curious, you know, we so rarely get to talk Giants yeah, fans. that was so good. You know, when I'm watching many pitchers who are great pitchers, <laughs> and I feel like I can watch what they're doing and I get it, like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a hitter. I don't know for sure, but right. it, I, it looks to me like, wow, that was an amazing pitch. I understand why no one can hit them. When I watch Madison Bumgarner, I don't experience that. Yeah. I, 
I can see he's a good pitcher, but I don't yeah. understand why it's so effective. So as somebody who's probably watched him a lot more than I have. I think he's giant. <laughs> he's 6'5 he's or whatever. And with right-handed hitters, with that big whip motion he's got, it's not easy to pick it up. And I think where it's coming in a lot of the time, it's difficult for them to handle. Um, Linsicum was different in so much as when he was really dealing, like 2009, 2010, he, it was swinging strikes. Yeah, like and the he ball, was the, the king ball, of swinging yeah, strikes. Yeah, the ball would like. I feel yeah. like I'm when I'm watching TV and I see Linscombe's pitches yeah. when he was dealing. The ball's doing it's dancing, it's yeah. darting, it evaporates. When Mad Bum pitches, uh, it sort so of hard. does a thing, and it looks like why is that any that much? Honestly, I always think. I honestly think, and this is my own. I I just think that he has he hits his spots better than a lot of other people yeah. and, and when it comes to pitching at the end of the day if you know you know if, you, if your scouting is right and you know what this batter's weak spots are if you can actually hit your spots right. every time a pitcher will throw a no hitter every time because at the end of the day you know what this guy can't yeah. hit yeah. the biggest problem with pitchers is it's hard to replicate that motion sure. it's hard right, to course, hit that and i think with mad bum i honestly every time i watch him like no i see exactly what the catcher sets up I'm like oh my god he was within a millimeter of exactly yeah. where he set yeah. up He's every single time and he can repeat that motion which I think does it. He also Agreed. doesn't have a lot of different pitches, right? He has a hard fastball. Yeah. I mean, but but even not a crazy like he doesn't have a crazy curveball. No, does he's he? an no. okay curve slider. Yeah. yeah, but nothing, but nothing where you watch. You know, some yeah. pitchers. You know what I'm talking about. You no, watch. He doesn't pitchers. have a dazzling assortment yeah. of stuff. No. Yeah, man. He's, if it he, wasn't for that, that's... he's not Tom Seaver. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. or it's so that's or just even very uh, interesting uh, to me. the Dodger. He's not Kershaw. Kershaw yeah. has. Yeah, all kinds. Oh, of Kershaw stuff. is. I've and seen. He can throw the pitch behind you. He yeah, can throw yeah. the pitch over here. He can throw yeah, yeah. A, a high curve, a low curve. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Bumgarner. Is, it's the consistency, and it's also his mental attitude. The first World Series we won in 2010, he pitched a, 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 a eight and a third inning like shutout, <laughs> and he was 20, yeah. 21. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And after the game, they go, "Now you must have been kind of nervous pitching in the World Series." And he went, "I was, and I pitched in the state finals." <laughs> Oh, I love that hillbilly. The state finals. <laughs> and everybody went, really? That's your answer? And it's like, that's him, man. Yeah. That's oh, no. him. It's, it's, His town is so small, he dated a girl named Madison Bumgarner. Did you know that? Yeah. That's my favorite That's my There's favorite so stat that. There was a girl named Madison, <laughs> and they both went out. And his little snot rockets, and he's just, he's oh, just he's an old... Six beers at once. Yeah, Woo! he's just a hillbilly. Woo! I mean, if it wasn't for that salvi bomb in the seventh inning of uh, uh, game one, where he gave up that solo shot, I mean, he would have pitched a World Series shutout. Like Basically, it was perfect. And the game against the Nats where he threw the ball away at third. That uh, was just mental. Yeah. But then going back to managers making mistakes, Matt Williams, who I love and adore him, was one of the greatest Giants and maybe the best third. I mean, Panda Bear rules because he's got the rings and he had that one World Series against Detroit. I know, but, I know, but, I know. Um, Matt Williams was had the softest hands I've ever seen at third. Like when they would play bunts uh, against, Williams would come running in and he could throw from his ankle. He could throw it across the field from his ankles you know, at, yeah. at that level of low and accurate to Clark. Like yeah. he was a superb fielder and he hit the ball real hard. If you remember Matt Williams, hit, yeah. like, you know, star jelly and home runs that banged off the seats and stuff. Um, he had Strasburg in and the giants on the ropes for the one game. They could have beat us or the other. No, game it was Zimmerman, wasn't it? Was it Zimmerman? I think it was Zimmerman. But he but he pulled him. Yeah, in the in the ninth inning with one out left he in the ninth inning, him. and that went to eighteen innings. And right? Zimmerman was sailing. Yeah, sailing. Yeah, the Giants couldn't get a fucking loud. That's <laughs> all right. Don't worry about it. Couldn't get a loud fucking foul <laughs> off this guy. And yeah. I was like, "You're li you're pulling I was, him." I was, and then after the game, they said to him, and he gave the crappest answer. Like Yost had to defend, you know, not sending. 
yeah. uh, and the ninth. But Williams went, that's how we won all year. And I'm like, uh, that answer does terrible. not apply. So that no. was this the year. This is not all year. Yes. This is tonight. That was yes. the year that, so Mattingly had left Kershaw in yes. uh, for some inexplicable reasons. Yes. When to, I get, think, to get ignited. Yes. yes. And he gave up something like six or seven and straight after, singles. And yes. Even after he tied the in. game, yeah. he kept him in. Which, what are you doing? Oh, and in the same insane. postseason, uh, Williams left Zimmerman, or uh, took Zimmerman out. And I was like, what? How, what world am I living in here? And, and it was just, it's, I was watching that game in Chicago with my little niece. She had just been born. And so we basically stayed up all night and watched this 18 inning game together. And it was just, it was. Let him finish. I could not believe it. You tell me. That won you guys the World Series right there. Even if he got another runner on, you tell me that guy's not going to close. Yeah. That was his night, man. Yeah. And he was. He was locked in. Flipping the ball, man. That was. that to me, I, I was flabbergasted that Williams came back. That's the one time you go against the book. Yep. You don't need the book yes. every minute. That's yep. the time you go, ah, you know what? I'm leaving Zimmerman in. Yep. Let him close it. Okay, if he gets two runners on, then I pull him. Yes. I'll get a guy warmed yeah. up, whatever it requires. Yes. But to go, we've done this all year. Yeah. Now comes our reliever. <laughs> well, the relievers got shellacked. Or they yep. tied the game against him, and then that was that. It went 1,000 innings, and then the Giants are just going to wear you down. And I would like, say, like you said, that Bochi and Madden, I think some other managers, don't do the book. They don't do the book. Who would start, uh, uh, like, Bochy will start a, a, a scrub in a postseason game. All of a sudden, Terrio or Arias or yeah. someone who's not in the lineup is in there playing. <laughs> uh, uh, any other manager might have started Madison Bumgarner in game seven. Yeah. Might've no, that was, that was that was very, just very smart. Gone, oh, no. I, I, I pitched him twice, yeah. you know. Tommy Lasorda would have started. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, you remember in '88, yeah. or 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 uh, uh, the, the immortal Bob Brenly, who's the worst manager who ever won a World Series. <laughs> yeah, Yost he is going to have a man out. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bung Young Kim. Every night and every night, Bung Young Kim got lit up, <laughs> and he ran Johnson out there uh, three times, right? And he got the sa- uh, save and two wins. The game that they were ahead, what was it? Eleven and to nothing, or yeah. thirteen to nothing. He let Johnson pitch into the eighth inning in that game. And it's like, you're the worst manager I've ever seen in my life. You've got Cy Young out here tonight, right? You've yeah. got this guy dealing. And there were him and all you needed was him and Schilling. That's all they needed. Yeah. And like, you're leaving him in to throw 100 pitches. That's crazy. Take him out yeah. in the sixth. And then you need, because you're going to need him tomorrow. You're playing the Yankees. They're not going to die. This was the 90s, yes. 2000s Yankees that the entire lineup could kill you. <laughs> The backup shortstop is hitting, you know, guys are, Nick Swisher's trying to get in the lineup. Like it was, their lineup was superb. And you're just like, are you out of your mind? How did you win? And even when they won, it was only because infield in. Yeah. The Yanks had that infield drawn in so hard. Gonzo, who's a power hitter, hit a dribble. Yes. Uh, that, That ball's an out. Yeah. That ball's an out. Yes, yes, yes. Jeter, or who was their second baseman? Uh, It wasn't no block then. Who the f- hell was it in 2001? <laughs> he catches I'm not that a ball. Yankees fan, so don't ask Catches me. that ball. No, 100%. Yeah, if that's yeah. a regular yeah. play yeah. and the infield's yeah. not yeah. drawn in, yeah. the second baseman's out on the dirt. That yeah. ball just went like right yeah. over the... And you're like, how did you win that World Series? Joe Torre, <laughs> Joe Torre's a great manager. I mean, people go, oh, you have the horses and stuff. No. And that was always the knock on uh, on uh, um, Tony La Russa. But 
There's a difference. There's a knock on Tony LaRusso uh, for the, that. For really? Well, some people would say that he should no. have won more. But you go if there's Casey Stengel. Oh, you, oh I see what you're saying. I like. It, I see what you're saying. If I've got this team, yeah. I should win every I, year. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the truth. No, yeah, of course yeah, not. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but like, there's Casey Stengel who won what seven pennants in ten years. That's using the team the yes. way it has to be used. Yeah. And he never had a set starting lineup. The only people that played every day for sure were Barra and Mantle. And after that, everybody moved around. And he he moved first baseman around. He pulled guys. Rizzuto, who'd won the MVP before he took over the team, or the year he took over, uh, he used to pinch hit for Rizzuto in the third inning. And Rizzuto <laughs> won the MVP in 1949 over Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. And Rizzuto would come in and break bats and scream at him. And he'd be like, honey, 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 I've got... <laughs> I've got three other shortstops and I've got Johnny Mize on the bench. You know, I got all these guys I can run up here, man. Yeah. If I had a chance in the third inning to put them down and have a five-run inning against them, I'm doing it. Yeah. And Whitey Ford, who pitched for the Yankees all that time, right? Uh, never won 20 games the whole time Stengel managed, ever. When Stengel got fired and they brought in Hauk, Hauk let him pitch every four days and he won 20 games back four or five times. Up until then, he'd win 16, 17, 18, because Stengel would not pitch him against crappy teams. If they were playing the Athletics or whatever, the Boston, you know, like he, mm -mm. when we play the Red Sox or when we play, uh, 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 you know, a team that's in competition with us, yeah. the Indians, then you get to pitch. But I'm not playing you against lollipops. So that's Ford wild. would get 30 yeah. starts and be screaming. Why am I not starting? I'm the best. This is the four-man rotation. Then. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm the best pitcher on the team. I have superb control. I have lively fastball. Right? He's Whitey Bloody Ford. Yeah. Mm -mm. But that's managing. Yeah. And he was the one who said, "What? Uh, it's making the ten guys on the keeping the ten guys on the team who hate you away from the ten guys who haven't made up their mind." <laughs> <laughs> but to sit, to sit, superstars yeah. every day. No, that's go, fantastic. I'm, I'm platooning, and he had a tremendous relief core. Yeah. So he wasn't afraid. Many of the Yankees World Series, it's a reliever on the mound when they won those '50s ones. It's not the starter. Yeah, yeah. he'd have a reliever come in. He had Johnny. And that's before relievers. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's, that's, a, that's a whole different era. I mean, I think that he's. Yeah. I don't know if he's the most innovative manager of all time, but. To take a team of superstars, and at first incarnation has DiMaggio on it, the second incarnation has Mantle, all within the time you're managing there. Yeah. And the one constant is Barra. And then he moved Barra from catcher out to left, right? By the end of Barra's career, when you see the 60 Mazeroski home run, it's Barra who looks up <laughs> number eight as the ball goes over the wall. Like, he just knew what to do with people. And he had complete confidence in the three or four guys that he loved. And Mantle, he always, you know, he knew he had... I think he said he had Babe Ruth from both sides of the plate. Like, he couldn't believe Mantle's talent. Because Mantle came up and Stengel had been managing like three years on the Yankees. And he ran to first faster than anyone in the big leagues, faster than Willie Mays. Mantle was a comet, right? Like, he was fast. And he played the infield in the minors. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't play center field, but his arm was so bloody strong. They just threw him out there, yeah. yeah. And, and he just, you know, he drank and he goofed. And I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't a great player. He's no, maybe that's the greatest one of those, player in that's, a lot of you know, ways. Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest tragedies. drove him mad. Like, why won't you focus? <laughs> well, I think you're too good. I think at that point, when it comes that easy to you, and you're just, it's just great. Because Stengel played against Ruth. And the sure. he hit a home run in the 23 World Series and came around third 
third and flipped off the Yankees bench. <laughs> Stengel was a left-handed oh, hitting reserved outfielder for the Giants in the 20s for a couple years. And he played under McGraw. And McGraw platoon guys. And that's why he was on the team. Stengel wasn't a great player, but Stengel was left-handed. So if we're playing a right-hander or I need a left-handed bat, right? Because he was a pretty decent hitter, 5'10 home in those days. Uh, I can bring Stengel out there and he's a good fielder. Uh, and so he learned from McGraw, you move these guys around, man. You don't play the same guys every day. I'm playing. Another Joe Madden. Who, who Another plays Joe right-handed, Madden. left-handed in the 20s? Yeah. This is when you have a set lineup, man. Yeah. Four pitchers, one uh, washed-up pitcher who's your long reliever, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe one other guy who's an ace that you bring in every once in a while to close a game. Or you bring in your number one starter to relieve in the eighth or ninth inning, like Lefty Grove or whatever. That wasn't uncommon at all in the yeah, old days. Yeah. Grove has a zillion saves. Well, so, all right. <laughs> we're, we're running dangerously short on time. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we got, no, I no. Just, I went off sorry. track. Here. No, absolutely no, not. We're talking about managers and their no. theories and stuff. It's, we're going to pause the conversation there, but there is so much more to come from Greg Proops. Part two will be released next week. Make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes to be the first to hear it. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.